0: This is Case Closed, Crime Stories from the Golden Age of Radio. This is Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio crime, which you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. Got some true crime for you this week, beginning with Night Watch. We'll hear 311 Southgate from April 12th, 1954. After that, it's Unit 99 and Ambulance Follow-up. That episode aired November 29th, 1957.
1: 5 6 to control one, reporting in service. Starting mileage seven, three, three, 7833, 7833. Officers Perkins and Walter.
2: Roger, 5 6. 6.03 p.m., starting night watch.
3: This is Don Reed. I'm a police recorder riding with this detective unit just reporting in service on the night watch. You're going to ride with you know, us tonight. No, 156.
1: Contact Lieutenant okay. Lugo in car 50 at Washington and Overland
3: uh, regarding a 311. 56104. We're in the area now. A 311 is indecent exposure. We'll be on that case in just a few moments. But as I started to say, you're going to ride with us tonight and follow our investigations. And just remember one thing the people you hear are not actors. This is it, this is real.
4: This is what happens on the Night Watch. Night Watch. The actual on-the-scene report of your police force in action. There are no actors. There is no script. Every voice, every sound is authentic. The investigations are recorded as they actually occur. Night Watch is presented with the cooperation of the police department of Culver City, California. W.N. Hildebrand Chief. We switch you now to car five six, already on investigation in the field, and your police recorder, Don Reed.
3: We're approaching uh, Washington and Oberlin Boulevard now, where we'll uh, meet uh, Lieutenant Lugo of the Uniformed Division. Straight ahead I can see his car parked in a gas station. Lights off, waiting for us. Here we are. Let's get over there and see what's
4: up. Uh, Perk, uh, the reason I want to see you is that I have a complaint here from a woman. Uh, this particular man exposed himself to her,
1: and uh, I have the license number here. I've run a DMV on it, and this
3: is the name and address of the person. I'm sure she can identify him. And uh, I wonder if you and Walter will follow this thing up and go pick the man up. Okay, right. Uh, you got the address, sir? Yes, it's right on this uh, piece of paper here. Okay, fine. We'll go right out there. As well. You uh, heard the lieutenant assign us to this exposure case. In plain English, this means we're going to pick up a suspect who evidently has exposed himself indecently in front of a woman victim on a public street. So, let's get back to our car and get underway. We've, uh, been driving for better than an hour, and, uh, as the suspect in this case lives in another city some, oh, 30 miles away. A moment ago, we stopped at a local police station and picked up another one of their officers to go in with us. This is, uh, oh, uh customary courtesy when you're working out of your district. It's just a matter of blocks now, but, uh, before we do, uh, I want to lean over the front seat here for just a moment. Sergeant, I noticed that, uh, when the lieutenant assigned us to this case, he seemed... A little more concerned than usual. uh, Any particular reason? Well, yes, Don. uh, I think what he had in mind was that in this
1: type of a case where you've got a man exposing himself to either women or children, uh, you've got a man that is usually mentally ill. Uh And uh, this, coupled with the fact that many serious crimes, including even murder, uh, will start with this kind of a background. Uh Now, it doesn't have to be premeditated, but quite often the victim will scream or will fight. And as a result, the suspect, in his panic, he may injure the victim or do her great bodily harm. And even in some cases, as
3: I said, uh, the results will be homicide. Oh, I see. Well, that's why uh, Lieutenant Lugo is so anxious that we pick up this person. That's it.
1: Uh, let's see. This should be about the house along here. Wait a minute. That looks like the car out there. Eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is it here.
3: This is it. Okay. Kurt, uh, I'm going to cover the back door. Do you want to pull in the front with the lieutenant? Yeah. Approaching the house now. Young lady coming up to meet us at the door. The uh, suspect is stretched out on a divan, listening to the radio. Young fellow, nice looking... In the corner, a couple of young girls here. playing with dolls. Uh, we, yeah. The police lieutenant from this local city right here is identifying us. Hello. Thank you.
2: Here's my
5: identification. The gentleman from Culver
2: City. Is that your I'd like to take you on back to Culver City for some questioning regard to crime occurred in
6: Culver City.
3: Do you suppose I'll be able to go to work tonight? You won't make it tonight. Isn't that funny, Sergeant? He's, um, not even curious why we're picking him up. He knows why we're here. Yeah, but, uh, if I were being arrested, I'd at least ask why. That's an important piece of evidence. He knows he's committed a crime, so he's not even going to ask why. Hmm. Is the, um, uh, young lady here his wife?
1: No, I was just talking to her. That's his sister-in-law. Hmm. Seems his wife works.
3: We'll talk to her later. Oh. What about the uh, two youngsters over here? They belong to him? Yeah, he's the father of two children. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, he doesn't fit the crime. Nice looking, well-dressed. Could be the young fellow that lives next door. Here he is. Yeah.
6: You ready to go, fella? Why are you going you going, Daddy? Daddy? Well, Daddy'll be back. Come oh, go
3: will see, Bye. I'll see be you right back. Well, we have the suspect in custody, heading back now for our car. Mommy? We'll uh, ride up in front with Sergeant Perkins. Okay. Detective Walter will sit in the back with the prisoner. Thank
2: Very much for your your cooperation, glad your department's you. cooperation. Yeah, and I'll uh, give you guys a ring on that deal. Yeah. I'm very glad to have met you, sir. My
3: pleasure. Thank you, Lieutenant. If we can help you any time. Let us know.
2: Okay. Thank you. Good night,
3: sir. Good night. Carver City, my place. The wife works over the
6: picker. What time you pick your
7: wife Well, i pick up. I don't. I have no idea at all. Why don't you think a little bit about what's happened
3: and start giving us the truth. You know why we're down here just as well as we do. We wouldn't come down and pick you out of three million people in the county
1: of Los Angeles if we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. You know that. So why don't you tell us?
6: Well, I, I can well imagine. That there's only there's only one thing that I could possibly imagine what it would be, and I can't imagine it could be that.
3: What What is it that you imagine? <clears throat> Well, why don't you tell me, and then if
5: you are well, right, I'll tell
3: you. Well, you know why we're down here.
6: Why don't you tell us? We've heard this before from others, too. Well, I, uh, I haven't committed any crime that I know of. Uh, <laughs> I hate to... <laughs> well, what have you done? Well, I'm kind of embarrassed about the whole thing. Um... Uh, Doesn't embarrass us, any. We've talked to people before on the same subject. Well, uh, a girl on the street corner saw me last night when I was... uh, Do I have to say it? (laughs) I have to say it. You tell us. What were you doing? Sounds kind of silly when you say it. expose yourself to her? Well, I didn't expose myself to her. I think she saw me. What were you doing? But I didn't intend for her to see me because I didn't see her standing there until I turned around and then she was standing there. I guess she was waiting for a bus or something and so I turned right away as soon as I saw that she was standing there. You mean you had your your private parts exposed? Yes. When the girl was standing alongside the car? Well, I, I suppose she was. Either she walked up or she was standing there. I didn't notice her. To attract her attention to you? No, I didn't. I went around the block and I came back by to see if she, you know, was looking and uh, trying to see whether she was, had noticed or not. But. Have you ever exposed yourself in the car just to yourself? Possibly. Well, do, you, do you do it when you're driving
5: too?
6: <laughs> I suppose maybe I have at one time or another, but I mean, uh, <laughs> do, you do you feel just, this urge to just stop and park uh, all by yourself? Well, occasionally, yes, I might say so. Uh, I, uh, I, <coughs> I kind of have my own views about that, uh, and I feel I want relief. Well, uh, that's the easiest way I know to get it. We all do stupid and silly things sometimes, and each one has their own fault.
1: When you get this urge, do you, uh, do you ever stop to consider the surroundings or the area in which you're in, or any, anybody being able to see you?
6: Well, uh, I I might say, uh, well, naturally, I mean, uh, uh, to a certain extent, uh, I don't uh, I don't make any bones about uh, heading off someplace to try to get some particular spot or so on to do it. Uh, uh, I'm always I always try to be uh, very careful about having no one see me. Naturally, I mean, you don't uh, you don't want anybody to see you doing anything like that. But I certainly never thought that I would ever be picked up for doing. You mean, it's against law nobody sees you. In case somebody saw you. Well, I don't but... I, That's why we're down here to pick you up. That's I understand, that. We wonder how many cases
1: have happened in the past in various localities that uh, the police were not fortunate to obtain a license number or a description of the car, where there are outstanding crimes that have been committed. Five, six, in with one, we open the booking door. And four,
4: five, six. You are listening to Night Watch and following the activities of a detective unit on their tour of duty. The people you hear are not actors and every voice and every sound is real. The investigations are recorded as they actually occur. We will give you the final results of tonight's case at the conclusion of The Night Watch. Now we switch you back to police headquarters and police recorder Don Reed.
3: We've uh, been here at headquarters for over an hour. The prisoner has been booked and placed in his cell. The uh, suspect's wife has been called to the station. Sergeant Perkins and Detective Walter are in the office now discussing the case with her. Let's go on in. She's uh, Sitting at the desk Small in stature Early twenties Modestly dressed Attractive Sort of a Bewildered expression on her face but he does
8: park the car And then he goes uh, With these fellows That he shares a ride with
3: What area uh, is it?
8: Occur? What? Where did this occur? Here in Culver City I mean, he never, he's not even in this vicinity.
1: Doesn't he ever come up in this area? Well, no. He doesn't?
8: I mean, unless he comes after me. I see. And then I'm never at work that late. Uh-huh. This what is the uh, reason the word late tonight is because I was trying to get information on him tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. And what time did he pick you up last night about?
8: It was about 6.30. Did
1: you notice anything unusual about him last night? No. Was he at all nervous or anything? No. Well, he uh, was involved in an incident last night, prior to the time that you, uh, that he picked you up. I can't,
6: I just
8: can't imagine that.
1: How long have you been married? Four years. Four years. have children?
8: Yes, I have two and I'm expecting another one.
1: May I ask you a personal question? Certainly. How do you and your husband get along? Perfect. No, uh, no disharmony or trouble? No,
8: we've always gotten along perfect. Were these uh, children or grown-ups, or what?
1: These were adults. Well, I'm,
8: I'm just shocked, I mean, I mean... We have two children, I guess you saw when you picked them up. My sister said they were crying. But, uh, I mean, I haven't noticed any anything different about him. I mean, he's always the same, he's very attentive to the children and myself. And mean, he's uh, well. He's a bit of good husband, you know, and a father. I, I mean, he's—I've never deprived him of anything, and I can't imagine anything like this. When could I see him or talk to him?
7: Well, it'd
1: be better if you wait until Monday. So, you—you that you want to get a lawyer? I
8: can't afford one.
1: Well, I don't think you absolutely need one until we finish the investigation, and then you can see where you stand. Mm-hmm. And if you feel that you need a lawyer,
3: you can I hire yourself. Or, if necessary, you can continue the service of a public defender.
8: So he'll be held here? I will mean, be held here,
1: if you want to uh, contact the department Monday, I will have more information uh, regarding it. Okay, we'll okay. come along with then. Okay. Good night. Yes, yeah, Is Lieutenant go in his office? Okay, wait a minute. Here he is now. Never mind. Uh, Lieutenant Walter and I have been talking to this fellow, and uh, he admits the accusations of the case. He appears to be a fairly intelligent man and uh, normal in all appearance. But talking to him, while well, you can tell he's got quite a psychiatric problem there that something should be done on it. However, uh, just about ready to make out the reports on him, and wanted to talk to you to see what you recommended. Well, Perk, uh, you've checked into his background,
3: and if he has a problem, uh, I would suggest that you uh, mention that in your reports and to the District Attorney, and possibly it may lead to giving him some help in his particular case. Well, he uh, he uh,
1: is perfectly willing to, to get the help he wants the help. He has no prior criminal record, but talking to him in his background, well, you can see he has this problem that has existed for some
3: time. Although, Say, uh, excuse me, Lieutenant, while you're making out these reports, uh, I'd like to go over for a moment and talk with the prisoner about some of the points you discussed here just now. Start with you. Surely. You go right ahead. Fine. Thanks.
2: Uh, uh, one thing I'm report for is
3: working it out. Uh, that all your statements have been recorded for police testimony as well as for the radio program night watch and i'd like to have your permission to use this entire case for broadcast purposes if if that's all right with you okay um now that you're alone here in the cell i'd like to know how you really feel about this thing i don't want to discuss the possibility of mental illness or that you're a family man wife, children However, I noticed in the car you stated that you felt that you had not committed a crime. I think now that you realize that you have. But somewhere, possibly, uh, there are other people suffering from this same compulsion. So if you had a a chance to speak of your experience, what would you say
5: to them? What would you tell them? All I have to say is that... uh, (laughs) If there's anyone, if this happens to strike anyone that might be listening to it, just uh, if you can take anybody's word for it, take mine, that it isn't, if it isn't any of it worth it, it just isn't worthwhile. No matter, no matter what the, what the crime may be, today in that line, and no matter what satisfaction a person might get out of it, it certainly isn't worth it. It wasn't worth an ounce of what you have to go through if you should ever get caught. I want to say this much that I've been treated pretty nice by all the officers since I've been here. But boy, when they come into your house and you wait and go to work, they tell you, Come on, let's go. Don't even take a belt with you because you'll take it away. That right there is enough proof that it isn't worth Okay. Good
3: night.
4: You have been listening to Actual Investigations as recorded from Detective Unit 5-6 on The Night Watch. And now back to Police Headquarters and Chief W.N. Hildebrand.
7: Tonight's case involving the indecent exposure brings to mind that these suspects remain at large for long periods because the victims either feel embarrassment and fail to report the incident or provide the police with little or no description. In that event, your law enforcement officers are powerless to apprehend them. We must depend on the citizen and their cooperation to control this problem. In the case heard tonight, it was apparent the suspect was in need of mental treatment. This fact was included in the officer's report and the court directed the prisoner be given treatment as part of his sentence. Consequently, when this man is released, he'll be ready to take his place in normal society. It is my honest opinion that the average citizen does not realize the real problems facing the law enforcement officer today or the dangers they encounter to maintain public security. That's why we are bringing you the facts as they actually happen. If we succeed in bringing this message to just a few, then our efforts will be well rewarded in presenting Night Watch. Thank you, Chief Hildebrand.
4: You have just heard on-the-scene reports of your police force in action. Every voice, every sound has been real. Night Watch, brought to you through the cooperation of your police department of Culver City, California, is produced by Sterling Tracy and Jim Headlock, with technical advice by Sergeant Ron Perkins, and described in the field by police recorder Don Reed.
8: Unit 99, are you in the clear?
2: Unit 99 to KMA 907. Unit 99, Sergeant Meredith, 909, in service, on the air. This is Sergeant Dan Meredith of Unit 99 at headquarters, Police Department, City of Sacramento, California. My detail is to ride in Unit 99, our tape recorder-equipped radio car, and to respond whenever the dispatcher transmits a signal to one of our other units on duty somewhere in the city. At the scene, we make the recordings which we provide for this program. Now, to tell you more about Unit 99, here is our chief, James V. Hicks,
1: Sacramento Police. When Unit 99 takes off on the dispatcher's radio signal, everything which happens is real. What you hear happen. This is the standing order to Sergeant Meredith, the officer in charge of Unit 99. Get it on the spot while it's going on. And as you listen, this is what Meredith does. Now, to Unit 99 and Sergeant Dan Meredith on duty. Unit
2: 2. Unit 2, 945 at 1809, C. Charles, an injured man. Code 3. Give me That's an ambulance follow-up. It sounds a little unusual. We better take a look at it. The ambulance and the unit's here. Let's see what it is. Went into the Amazon drawers. The officers are working on somebody that's cut. You say it's a knife fight, King? Yes, and he staggered in here for eight. Uh The nurse, we haven't got the full story yet, the nurse uh, in the camera Meredith went out there. Check it out. Out there by the incinerator by that almond deal Are you at all? No, not yet. Meredith did, the officers Bertolani and uh, Irving are taking the victim to the emergency hospital now on a stretcher. Ambulances is waiting outside. We'll pick up the full story later. Uh, I guess we're going to take him in the emergency and let's talk to him or something. On it. Quite deep. We just lifted. You're the nurse out here at the yeah. huh. And where was he cut this right here. Right across the left side of the neck. About two inches. Uh-huh. How wide is uh, it? Quite deep. It was wide, it was deep. I think if they'd gone a little bit deeper, he'd have bled to death. And where was the other? Right about here in his arm. On the arm?
8: From what I could see, the serious cuts. The rest Uh, I didn't see Did he tell you
2: anything? No, I didn't question it. it. I I didn't question it. I just took care of the bleeding. Was anybody here that talked to him? No, because everybody gets panicky and they called me right out and I took care of the gentleman. And I didn't question it. I knew at a glance he wasn't one of our men. Do you know if it uh, severed the artery or cut into it? Uh, very close nice. on both places. ...down the railroad tracks to where this cutting had taken place with Detectives Byron and Zine and Officer uh, Clarence King. Quite a ways from the almond growers with the extreme back part of it going over the levee and across the tracks following a path of blood over to the right is large incinerator. Officer Jerry Meredith is talking to uh, Detective Zine now. We'll take it in. Small guy. Yeah, he's supposed to have ready chair, too. There's nobody in here now. There's some uh, colored boys over there and a this couple of guy's, guys over white there. White guy. Supposed to be uh, six foot ten. How tall? Six foot ten. That's what the victim said. You going over there in that jungle and check it? Yeah. Let's go. We're over by the large incinerator. Several hobos are camped alongside. It furnishes them with a great deal of heat here. It's quite cold tonight. I see blankets, cardboards, improvised beds of all kinds here. There seems to be about 10 bums here. There were some guys standing over here, and we went to bed around there, but I don't know whether they're still there or not. Uh You didn't see or hear anything like a fight? No, I didn't hear nothing. I heard some fellas are talking over there. Over there where those officers are? Yeah, over there that is. Okay, thanks. We're going further out. Ahead of us uh, is Detective Byram with patrol officers King and Jerry Meredith. See any bloodstains or paths? No, oh, we're looking. Let's go over here by the fire. There seems to be several fellas here asleep. This is quite a jungle camp here, Byram. Yeah, I wonder where all the uh, occupants of these fine sleeping facilities belong. Yeah, it looks like about six beds here unoccupied also. Hey, boy, wake up. Quick! On your feet. Oh, yeah. You all alone here? Well, that's a lot all
5: where? Where,
2: is, where is he? Where, where? How long have you been here? Good afternoon, Dave. Since when? Today. Where would you come from? <clears throat> uh, I do How long you been sleeping right here in this spot? Just tonight. Just tonight. What time was that? <coughs> well, about 15, 20 minutes ago. 15, 20 minutes ago. Then you haven't been asleep very long, have you? No. You see a fight over here? No. Stand up, will you? Where'd all your boyfriends go? There's a half a dozen beds around here. I don't know where they went. How many of them were here? There two or three of us, about four of them. You know they know their names? Nothing. You come in town with them? No, I come in by myself. You just met these boys here in the camp? I seen them mm-hmm. all sitting down here. to sleep. Where's your shoes? Those on these They usually use the shoes as pillows. Yeah, there they are. Got them under the paper there to keep them from getting wet, I guess. Yeah. You didn't see a fight or hear of a fight around here, did you? No, sir. You positive? Yes, sir. Well, looks like your boyfriends cut out and left you. Well, you going to check the area a little bit more here by him than King. Yeah, there's a 40-acre field here that they could be in. Either one of these two bridges leads over to North Sacramento. The guy could be long gone, very likely is. Or in one of those uh, boxcars. Well, if this fellow foot 6'10", it won't be hard to identify him. Very, uh, very easy to spot. Byron, what kind of coverage do we have out here? Well, we've got two men over there on the levee that are going to handle the east side, and uh, there's a man over by the subway. I don't think he can get back over there. We'll cover the middle of the field down here and work toward the tracks, I guess. The river's over there. If he's gotten as far as the river by now, well, chances are good that he's gotten away for the night. Okay, we'll... Search around a little further here, and then you're going to go in and talk with the victim later. Yeah. Yeah. Now we'll follow you in on it. Unit ninety nine to KMA nine oh seven. Go ahead,
8: ninety
2: nine. Was that cutting victim taken to the emergency of the county?
8: He's at the county, ninety nine. Okay, thanks. Give me 7
2: We're going into the emergency ward of the county hospital. There he is. Mm-hmm. How are you getting along there, fella? Oh, I hope so. All right, sir. All right, let's take it from the beginning now. How long have you been in Sacramento? Just came in. What time? Just came. In. Well. We left Roseville at 3, I guess it was around 5 o'clock when we hit here. About 5 o'clock today. You say we left Roseville. Who came with you? Murphy. Who's Murphy? The ah. guy with the coat on. He's got the trench coat on. Yes, sir. Is he the man that cut you? No, sir. Didn't touch me. Then where'd you come after you got to Sacramento? <clears throat> well, we walked downtown and I left my bedroom right with Jerry. Yeah? Then where? Well, we walked down the room, we come back out, and we got a pack of cookies... Walked over and sat down and I met this guy. Where'd you get the cookies? From Mom's Mission. From Mom's Mission over on 12th Street there. That's right, correct. You and Murph? And me and <laughs> Murph. Nobody else was with you at this time? No, sir. Oh, no, where'd no. you meet this guy that cut you? On 12th Street. At Mom's? Across the street. Across the street from Mom's. You know where the building station goes that way? Yeah. We're sitting over there. We're eating the cookies. They come up. And I know him before. I know him in Portland. I see him everywhere in my life. Every place you go on the bum, you see this guy, but do you, I you, you don't know his sir. name,
7: though?
2: I can tell you how you can find him. He wears a ring in his ear. Which ear? I can't say which ear, sir, but he does wear one. What kind of a ring, a gold ring? No, any kind of ring that he can find in his ear. Okay, now this guy that cut you, he, when you met him on 12th Street, he bought you two half gallons of wine? No, we said a reading there, and he gave me uh, four bits, and I still have that in my pocket. Why'd he give you the money? I know the man. Oh, just because you know him? Well, sir. All right. Let's get up to the cut now. Where'd you get the wine, and what happened? Well, we went over, you know where the liquor stores on 12th there? Yeah. Mom, the moms, we only got two half gallons of wine and a quarter of rail. He bought him. He most certainly did all right then where'd you go went in you know where the almond uh, thing is back down there that's where we went and the uh, guy with a hole in his throat what do you mean guy with a hole in his throat He can't talk was he with you no sir uh he told him to get out of that place too he told him to get out of what place uh, the yeah. almond growers? yes sir. where were you down by those big metal sheds yeah, it's uh they had a fire down there. Were you over by the fire near the incinerator? No. It's over there. You know, well, I've been in Sacramento many years of my life. You know where the Western Pacific tracks Yeah, it's right by the main line where this stuff happened. To that They're over by the main line. It wasn't yeah. on that spur track by the Yamato. No, no, it's no, it's on the main line. I can see the almond goes over there. All right. Now how'd the beef start? Well, I don't really know really how it happened, sir. Well, you're the man that got cut. We don't, well, do I we don't know. I think there was a robbery involved someplace, and I had about three dollars, and I only got about four bits in my pocket, fifty-seven cents in my pocket right today. You think there was a robbery involved? Now, how did that come into this? I don't know. We walked up. We walked up, and he left his money with the the guy with the hole in his throat. Who left his money? The guy that picked me up. I know him. Mother where. I know him as Red Only. He left his money with the guy with the hole in his throat. Yes, sir. And Why we, did he do that? I do not know. Do you think you were going to rob him? He must have. Oh. Have you had trouble with him before? No, sir. Never in my life. What reason would he think that you were going to rob him? I do not know. Do you think that's what he had in his mind when he I left think the money with us? What he there? had in his mind. Was that what the fight started over, or over the wine? No, there was no fight over no wine. Make the wine. he was. I'm just happy to go still on my bedroom and my suitcase and everything else. I still in. there. Still laying up there by the main line. Are you right up on the level with the tracks or are you down at the bottom of the levee? Well, uh, you know where the bydog is at? Yeah. It was just, uh, I'll say, uh, north of that, just a little bit. Back. Tell us how this fight uh, got underway now. Well, I went with this guy and he pulled his knife out. Why did he pull his knife out? I do not know, sir. He just, for no reason at all, he reached his by I have to, no to believe what he said, but you didn't, didn't have any words with him? Never. I'm not all right. Right. After he pulled the knife out, then what'd he do? No, it, it's just what happened, that's it. Cut you where? Here. On the throat? Uh-huh. Your arm? My hand. Did he Both say anything hands. to you? Never a word. Up to this time, you'd been friendly with him. He bought the wine, and you were all. I know him a long time. I know him, but I can't tell you he's them. Well, just before the cutting, now, didn't you have any argument with him? Not Marty, a word. He, Not a was word. Was he drunk? He's drinking.
4: Were you drunk? I'm,
2: I'm yes, sir. I'm drinking.
4: Yeah.
5: Well, we a then I'm obvious.
2: drunk. Right after the cutting, then what happened? Well, I I wandered around there, and I figured I got to get some medical attention. So I wandered in some place down here. I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what it was. There's the there. I can tell you. Do you know what happened to the other fellow? Yeah. No, I do not. What happened to Murphy? I do not Where know, Where was he when this happened? Well, last time I saw him, he was going across the table to cross table with a half a gallon of wine, sir. He was legging it out of there, huh? uh, Right. That's when the, uh, after the cutting? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I see which way the guy went that cut you. No, sir, I did not. All right, after the guy cut you, did he go through your pockets or anything? No, sir, he did not touch me what makes you think there's a robbery involved? I think he's think I was trying to rob him, maybe. Oh. And were you? No, sir. You sure? I'm positive. Doctor, what's the extent of this man's injuries? The one that's cut over here. As far as the cuts, that's all I can tell you but I mean, I have not examined the gentleman. His cuts are... Strictly minor and superficial. See, now, um, in the event we pick this man up, do you want to press charges against him? I do not wish to, sir. If he tell me, I don't want to do that, You don't want to prosecute him? I do not, sir. Well, that's as far as we can go, then.
1: The cutting case had its elements of mystery. But the officers will tell you that the habits of the jungle habitually are often difficult to fathom. Why the man was stabbed has never been explained. Perhaps the victim did try to rob his assailant. Perhaps they quarreled over the jug of wine. Be that as it may, the culprit, all six feet ten inches of him, vanished into the night, and the victim's reluctance to make a complaint would have made his apprehension a worthless gesture.
8: Unit Uh 3, 1705 Capitol Avenue, a 415. Uh 7.
2: That's a disturbance complaint for Unit 3. It's a fairly warm night. Windows are open and it could be a noisy party. We'll see what it is, though. The unit's here. I guess the officers are on the inside. Apartment house. Two blocks east of the Capitol Park. Yes, sir. Uh, do you know where, uh, 1724 Capital Avenue is? 1724. Well, what are you doing back here,
0: fella? I'm looking for an apartment house. No I'm not
2: bothering nobody. My car's parked down there. What are you doing back in here? I went back there to look for an apartment. I thought there may be one back in the rear. I wasn't. I was coming I with us you. then, will you?
0: I wasn't. I the back
2: enough, here. Over here. Faden Reynolds, yep. Do you have a disturbance in there. Yeah, three girls discussing money problems. But I got came up here, and this guy comes out between the buildings I was here. Looking for an apartment house back there. I thought there was one back there. I'm working, house. steady. Are I you? come down. I, I've been sick. I went down to see if I still had a job.
5: What are you doing around here? here.
2: Well, I was looking for the, the boss's house. They told they give me the address down there, 17 something see, they wasn't sure. Seventeen something what? Uh uh, Capitol Who gave you that address? Uh, the manager down there, the one. What the for? I wanted to see if I had a job. I was I'm working down there steady. The one o'clock in right. the morning? I work from eleven uh the manager was supposed to live at this address? See there, yes. Seventeen what? 1715 East, or uh, Capitol Avenue. Where's I'm not the address th- written down? You got it written down somewhere? No, the they manager? they just uh, gave it to me. You say 1715? Come. Yes. Well, you just got through telling me 1724. Well, they weren't sure. I'm not lying to you. I've got my car here. I well, 1724 here would be on the opposite side of the street. <sighs> Where is he, guy's not, right here. I'm not doing nothing. I, out of there. I haven't been drunk or nothing. Three young girls upstairs, Do you know anybody in these apartments here? No. I'm not trying to cause no trouble. When were you arrested last? Well, I got out of jail in uh, January. What for? Peep and Tom, but I wasn't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been in any lane? trouble. I'm not lying Oh, now, what were you, you doing between the building and the I wasn't now. doing nothing, Knock so help me. He came out over there. Yeah, so I I back right back through there. The gate is still open. I'm not lying to you. Well, what are you doing back there? You know the front door to the apartment house is right there. You can see I the thought, front door to this house is right there. I thought there was an apartment back there. I'm not lying to you. you. Can see I don't, don't want to get right in here. trouble. My wife just had Nobody a Nobody ever wants to get in trouble, but you're in trouble. Let's see your heels. He's got a horseshoe on him or a peg on his heels. He's got pegs on him. Yeah, I get yeah. huh? Is that the one?
5: Yeah.
2: Right underneath the window, huh?
1: right Sir, if I, I would, would take
2: through the Venetian blinds if and right by a plant. Let me go. Well, what is it? Right in the dirt, huh? In the dirt. Yeah. Well, would it you please, real. I promise I'll never do it again. I don't want to go to jail. Please let me go home. First. Well, why don't, why don't you tell us the truth now? I was back there, but please let me go home. You were peeping, though, huh? Yes, but I won't do it no more. Just let me go home. You Turn around here. All right, now back up. Back up to the car. I'll sit right there. You're preparing for something here. No, you, I'm not. I want to go home. If you do it, you'll be sorry. Please let me go home. I you won't just stick right here. I won't do nothing more. I just want to go home to my wife. I promise you I won't go no place else. You can follow me home if you want to. I promise you, I won't go no place else. You have a nice family, I suppose. I do. My wife loves me, and I don't want nothing to happen to her. Stand over there, will you, Bill? I I don't want to escape or nothing. I got I got a little money on me, not much, but I will go home, and you can follow me home. I got my car keys. Just let, just trust me, just this one time. Will you please let me go home? No, I
4: won't.
5: Let's go.
2: Sir, please. I won't do nothing. I want to go home to my wife. To get in the car now. Get in the car. No, I want to go home, please. Now look,
5: now we're not, we're not going to have any I trouble don't want with it. this. No, yes. I don't want no trouble, please. I just want to go
2: home. No, I don't want to. Now look, now don't give us any trouble. Now get in the car. I won't. Uh, now th- you're going to make it worse for yourself if you resist arrest. No, I don't want to. G- I'm not resisting now look, arrest. what are you doing? Get in the car then. Now get in the car. I don't want That's to. That's nice. See. Come yeah, on, get don't. in the car. I won't. Come on, come on, get in. Yes, yes. I won't, I won't you're do it no please. No, it's all cut and dry. Get in the no, car. because I don't want to be booked. Now listen, go home. You're, a, please. you're going to Will do it the easy me way. Way. No, you're going to get in the car. Now get in. Will you t- now get in.
5: No, I'll... Get in the car.
2: Oh what my is it? Bag? Uh, yeah. Buddy. Private property. Peep Tom. Yeah, uh... No visible means to 40 business around here, so that's good enough. Okay, Dan. Okay, boy. Watch him. There he goes. Hey, Stop.
5: Get him? Yeah. Look at here.
4: There you want the we got go him. Off, you well,
2: I want to go home. Yeah, well, you're not going home. You're, you ought to know better after doing six months to run away from the police. Station. You just got yourself... All right. To six months.
5: Let's I go. The six months we're going
2: to do What's the charge now, uh, Reynolds? Oh, nothing oh, yeah. resisting arrest. Vagrancy.
1: This man was charged with vagrancy and resisting arrest and sentenced to six months in jail on each count. He has a record of burglary and there is reason to believe that he was casing the apartment for that purpose rather than peeping. The shot which was fired during his attempt to escape was aimed over his head. He was captured when he tripped over a chain at the entrance of a parking lot. This is Unit 99. Unit 99 presented in cooperation with Station KFBK in Sacramento, California. These on-the-scene tape recordings were
4: provided by the Sacramento Police Department and were made on duty by Sergeant Dan Meredith in Unit 99. Your host is Chief James V. Hicks of
1: the Sacramento Police Department.
5: KMA 907, Sacramento Police. Unit 99, are you in the clear?
2: Unit 99 to KMA 907. Unit 99, Sergeant Meredith, 909, in service, on the air. Unit
3: 99 has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and
4: Television Service.
0: There's more from Nightwatch Unit 99, Case Closed, and everything else Relic Radio at the website, relicradio.com. A shoutcast stream is running there with even more old-time radio alongside the thousands of past episodes of all the podcasts that you can find there. If you'd like to help support this and all of those podcasts, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of those links on the website. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Talk to you again next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed. Thank you.